probably the best way to market it. You know, for us, it's like we don't believe in just passively email blasting it out and expecting people to, you know, oh, hey, look at this deal. Let me focus on it. A lot of times we're battling either like in a hot market, we're battling like 50 other deals on the market. Or right now it's like, you know, we're battling a bunch of overpriced deals. And it's like, no, you really need to focus on that. You can't, it's difficult to do through email. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, we are back with our guest, Mark Allen, continuing the conversation. And you know, we dove into a number of things yesterday, even the, the 2023 review and thinking about you know 2024, what to expect. Uh, but we're going to continue the conversation. Uh, and whether you are a buyer or seller or potential buyer or seller, right, or a passive investor, you're going to learn a lot from Mark today. Maybe speak to some of the some of the uh, things you see top-notch operators doing, right? That, you know, you're underwriting so many deals and maybe you could even start there. Like what you see even in the underwriting that people are focusing on or doing well versus some that are not or how they were even prepared for, uh, maybe that's a better topic, how you know they were prepared better for this type of uh, downturn or, or environment that we're in versus you know 18 months ago. Yeah, I mean, I think some of the, the items that I mentioned, um, I invested with with a local group here in Dallas, Fort Worth, and they buy in some various markets across the country. Um, they've owned in Houston, San Antonio, all all the Texas metros. They also own in Tennessee, and uh, generally, the sp- I mean, the sponsor's got a lot of experience. He's been doing this for forty years. Um, I mean, he started as a mortgage broker, and then you know took some of the income that he was making, bought some small properties in San Francisco you know, years ago, and then, um, you know, has has scaled up. And I think, you know, th- with his kids, I think has got a little more into syndication and has done taken institutional equity. So he's got a lot, he's got a varying range of experience for all the way from class A, uh, institutional quality, you know, $70 million plus assets down to, you know, uh, you know, class C properties built in the 60s and lower income areas. Um, and, and frankly, because of that, I mean, it's been it's been a favorable market. You know, he's kind of riding the wave with interest rates down and, and appreciation of properties, especially getting in early in California. Um, so he's he's uh, generated a lot of wealth and um, had a lot of liquidity and it's kind of later stage in life. But, you know, so that that's one thing I know if it, you know deals going wrong, he's he's going to be able to kind of step in first. He he does uh, self manage. They have a few thousand units. He's got a great you know great uh, team, all the way from property management players you know to the asset management team. So you know the the people are stellar um, and you know really sharp. Just you know institutional level experience on the asset management side. Not that you need that, but you know, just, I'm sure there's things you learn um, from a very high level that are that are beneficial at the institutional level with all the resources and information and you know quality of folks that you have at hand. You know, so I, those would be a couple of things. And like I said, location isn't uh, you know at least for me, I think sponsor first over over location. I wouldn't say micro location, probably more like macro location. Like I I'd go into some smaller markets in Tennessee with them or whatever the case may be. Um, just because I know they're a good operator, but you know, you also have to look at the micro location, um, income levels, schools, um, how, how walkable or close to, you know, amenities and, you know, if it's workforce housing, maybe public transportation or whatever the case may be. So I don't know, there's so many things you can look at, 
Um, and you can you can honestly get overwhelmed. But I think, you know, from a from a very high level, I think sponsor, you know, number one and um, uh, micro location number two. But along with, you know, an experienced qualified sponsor, you know, the, the fees are probably a little bit higher. Um, is, it, is it worth the fees? Uh, you know, when you look at today's environment, I think so. I agree. I agree. I can agree more with what you just said about uh, the operator and then the market. And uh, you're you're paying that operator for his experience, right? Uh, and right. you're even trusting the the decision to what markets they're going into, right? And the 40 years experience like you're talking about, uh, there's a lot of value to that uh, for sure. Uh, Mark, what would you say is uh, the biggest risk for even buyers uh, today? Um, what what are some of the things that uh, you see are are killing deals other than maybe uh, interest rates, uh, you know, or some things they should be considering? Yeah, I was going to say interest rates, um, but you know, I guess I guess it depends. Like you know, and I'm going to say if you're looking at folks that use JV equity um, or preferred equity, you know, I, I guess the risk is just you know equity appetite, you know, changing as the market. As the market changes um, and the way they they price deals and look at different assumptions, you know, I I had a deal that we had a signed LOI. We're negotiating the contract, kind of a hairy deal with a development component as well. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, the equity kind of you know backed off. It you know not only did interest rates go up quite a bit and whatever it was ninety basis points in a matter of you know a month or something like that, month and a half. Um, you know, but also just headlines with, you know, the FW rent growth negative. And some of these things started to come out, which just changes sentiment. And they say, hey, we were, you know, projecting year one, you know, just organic and inf- rental inflation. We want to tail that back to zero for the first two years. And, you know, we want to ch- change our exit cap rate assumptions and, and XYZ. So those are probably like, you know, the biggest risks and hard, you know, really hard to qualify up front. And uh, you know, generally, if you look at the most active buyers in DFW, they're they're syndicators. They're those who have discretionary equity and you know don't have one big check writer. And frankly, I mean, those are the and and they built really good reputations. They're really good at raising money. They're really good at, at what they do. So because of their reputation, brokers uh, are definitely you know pushing them to their sellers as top buyers. Like you want someone. Uh, who can close in today's environment with all the volatility. So, you know, reputation is, I wouldn't say everything, but, you know, it's a big key factor um, in getting deals done today. Yeah, no doubt about it. What about sellers? Uh, you know, should we still sell? And you said there's, uh, it's a great time to buy, but uh, is it a great time for the yeah. sellers right now? Yeah, I mean, you know, when when you look at the sellers in our market, generally, like, you, you, you won't sell unless you have to sell. Um, or, or generally, maybe you bought in 2000, maybe you bought the asset 2015, 16, 17, 18, or whatever the case may be, you've implemented your business plan. You know, I mean, there's been folks that, again, like taxes, insurance, man, it's just eating up my cash flow. And I'd rather, you know, sell it, maybe do a 1031 exchange into a higher quality asset, whatever the case may be. There's varying motivations. And, I, you just have to figure out, I guess, if the if the uh, pain point is uh, painful enough to you know to trade out of the property. But you know, generally, and that probably depends on the market because you got to look at capital inflows too. We got a lot of capital flowing into Dallas. I can put out a Class C deal and have you know fifteen offers. 
I can put out a class B deal and have, you know, 25, 30 offers um, if the property is priced to meet the market. Um, that, that's a key. There's been a lot of properties that have gone out that are just, uh, you know, the, whether the broker mispriced it or the seller has high expectations and, you know, the broker just says, well, let's see what happens with this. Um, but if a, if a property is priced to meet the market, um, and I think this is probably the, the case, maybe not as many offers in a, you know, in Houston or, you know, Atlanta or maybe some other places, um, partial here to Dallas. But, you know, generally there's going to be good demand in today's market for uh, a properly priced property. What about, uh, what's a, maybe a, a big, biggest challenge in, in your operations right now or, you know, business? It, it probably just go, it goes back to like, you feel like when you're in the market too, I mean, it depends with the sophistication level of a seller, but I'm, you know, as a broker, I'm in the market. I, I eat, sleep and breathe multifamily. It's all I do uh, day in and day out. I'm, I'm reading a lot of information, tracking a lot of data. And uh, so again, kind of going back to the conversation where it's like, hey, I think now is the time to go because you can still, you know, it, it's, it's not going to get better from here and you got a maturity coming up um, and you can still, you know, there's a return of capital. Uh, to your investors, like these conversations in 2022. And uh, I mean, you know, again, you just, you just hope that, that, and I get it, there are tough decisions to be made, but you hope that things will get better and they just haven't. So it's frustrating when, you know, you feel like you have all the data you're, you're advising uh, to the best of your ability with all the information at hand. And, uh, you know, the sellers, you know, want to go a different direction. And then, you know, then, then, Things don't get better, and you're like, man, I, you know, I guess hindsight's always 2020. But you know, that's a frustrating thing. We're we're working just as hard right now, brokers across the country, and we're definitely, you know, revenue is is way down. So, you know, we're we're feeling the we're feeling the pain as well. Um, and so, you know, that that's not that it's a frustrating standpoint, but we're we're working hard, and we're doing we're advising to the best of our abilities, and there's just less transactions happening. So. Um, it, it's fun and not that I think I've learned that over the years too. It's like, you know, it's not all about, I like doing deals and getting deals done, but you know, in, in the same respect to me, I think it's the business has become more fun when I feel like I'm part of the team and like I'm, I'm part of the deal. And, you know, usually I don't have any, you know, investment of, of capital in their, in the sponsor's deal, but I have an investment of time of, of advising them you know, over a period of time. And, and, uh, so to be, you know, felt like you're part of the team and you're in this, like working in their best interest to try to make educated decisions or help them make educated decisions, um, versus just running on the transaction hamster wheel. Yeah. No, no doubt. A big challenge. It affects, uh, the brokerage side <laughs> as much as it does us, right. As the operator or trying to buy, uh, no, no doubt. You know, what yeah. about, uh, What's your maybe your best advice for passive investors right now? I know you mentioned operator, the market, anything else you would add as far as you know them uh, looking at deals or things they should be looking at when they're as they're trying to underwrite or anything around that. I think it comes down to education, and I'm not, I'm not in it like you are, but I would imagine. I know there's a lot of folks that have done really well. There's a lot of folks that want to invest in real estate that have exited companies and whatnot. They're obviously you know, intelligent individuals. There's just a lot of nuances, you know, I think, I think investing in real estate. So it's get educated. So you, you yourself can do the due diligence 
not only on the sponsor, uh, but also on the the deal as well. I think that's probably one of the biggest things is just just get educated. There's so many resources out there, of course. You know, there's an investment of time to be, you know, to learn, but um, you know, some of some of the seminars and conferences and, and things like that, I think could be helpful. And then there's a lot of good online resources as well. What are some of the most important metrics that you track? In brokerage, and this is probably even more important in a non-disclosure state like Texas, uh, but data and information is key. There's a lot of data sources out there, such as CoStar, um, that brokers subscribe to. And and again, in a non-disclosure state, uh, there's a lot of bad data out there. So um, just being the boots on the ground, just trying to uh, you know track just a lot of data and information as far as who, which of my competitors have listed what properties? Uh, did they did they close the deal? Did they fail? What is their success ratio? Uh, what did the property sell for? What was the cap rate? Um, you know, this all this information that's collected helps me to become more valuable for my clients. So I, I think that, and then from a I guess maybe a personal brokerage standpoint. You know, we're all we're always tracking our, our KPIs, which are, you know, the, probably the two most important is is calls and meetings. Um, you know, when you when you list a property, um, you know, probably the best way to market it, you know, for us, it's like we don't believe in just passively email blasting it out and expecting people to, you know, oh hey, look at this deal. Let me focus on it. A lot of times we're battling either like in a hot market, we're battling like 50 other deals on the market. Or right now, it's like, you know, we're battling a bunch of overpriced deals. And it's like, no, you really need to focus on that. And you can't, it's difficult to do through email. So, you know, phone, phone, text, uh, email, we use that combination. We're going to networking events. You know, that's another KPI. How often are we getting in front of people and uh, sharing information about our listings? So anyways, those are a couple of important metrics that I track. Any other habits that you're disciplined about? I mean, I, I think, you know, m- most brokers generally are probably, you know, pretty disciplined folks. I think, you know, just coming from a military background and and uh, an athletic background, I've always been inherently uh, disciplined. So, you know, I still wake up every morning at, at 530. I, I take some personal time, some reading, spiritual, you know, I read the Bible, kind of do a daily devotion and and then uh, I get after my my workout and you know, now I've got little kids. So, you know, I'm just kind of disciplined in that. And it's like, I think it's tough for, and I don't know if you could relate with, with this, but it's tough for, for guys, especially those that are growth oriented, just to balance everything in life. So I feel like that's one of my big goals this year is just to be, I feel like I I'm, I'm home a lot with the, with the family, like work, work has gone great over the past several years. Um, as we, you know, continue to grow the company and the brokerage business, um, now that I have little kids, I think just trying to set boundaries with technology. I think that's one of my, just a reflection point. That's a that's a big challenge for me, and just being more more present, more intentional, you know, with my wife and kids. So, anyways, kind of deviated from your question about about discipline, but yeah, generally that's that's kind of my routine. I get in the office, I I time block. I have you know time where I, where I call, where I'm you know focus on the deals under contract, and kind of make my rounds there, and then you know, times when I'm kind of looking at underwritings and, and things like that. Yeah, no, I love that. I, uh, and I appreciate you even going in that direction. I, I, I think all of us battle with that. It, whether you're driven entrepreneurially or in business or in your career or not, most people still struggle with 
holding the phone yeah. in front of their face, right? Uh, instead of yeah. speaking to their child that's standing there in front of them, right? Me included at times. And and uh, uh, I've, yeah, I've had a big push on this recently. My wife has been challenging me when the, uh, especially or I get home, the phone needs to stay in the office, right? And and I need to do a better job at that. Um, or even kids, you know, like it just turn it off, right? The rest of the night or something like that. So uh, I I need to do a better job at that as well. But uh, I think it's a, it's a very common struggle. You know, we think there's a balance. I'm not sure there is a, a balance, right? But it, man, you got to be intentional. Uh, and uh, if you're not, man, the years go by and they're all of a sudden they're driving and are gone, right? Out of the house. So yeah, no, I was going to say, I feel for you because uh, I'm, I'm doing a land development deal and uh, my with with a friend of mine and my my father as well. And we brought you know, we closed the land in cash. I think we brought uh, seven other investors into the deal. And I have one that, you know, he'll, he'll touch base with me because I mean, we're going to do great. I think it's going to be a 36% IRR. We're right at the, the finish line here. Um, but it, the timeline has been a little bit longer, you know, than expected. And so, you know, I get calls from him every now and then. I'm like, man, I cannot imagine being a sponsor with, you know, 100, 200, 500 investors um you know or as a broker i you know generally have you know one to maybe three or four clients at a time you know with active listings that you know i'm talking to on a regular basis and managing so if they you know it's it's a challenge when you get home and you know some some people are uh have have uh, i don't want to say more needy but maybe that you know a little more needy they they want to know hey what's what's you know just talk to you four hours ago but what's changed and I generally, I think at this point in my career, have been trying to be a little more selective on on who I work with, um, you know, so, you know, try to work with people that are aligned, you know, value-wise and, yeah. and uh, you know, business-wise. Makes a ton of sense. Uh, no, I appreciate you sharing that as well. It's definitely helpful, uh, no doubt about it, to be aligned in those ways. Uh, so, uh, even with your investors, if if possible, right? Because uh, they are going to have questions that, man, in a development deal, if somebody says 12 months, I usually think, okay, they meant 36. That's what they meant. Yeah. That's what I tell yeah. myself. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Mark, what would you say, uh, you know, or how do you like to give back? I, I mean, probably the biggest thing over the last few years, just with the crazy busyness of, of brokerage, has been more uh, monetarily than, uh, than, than time. Um, we are pretty involved in our church. It's uh, a benefit that our, our church is right across the street from our neighborhood, um, especially with a two-year-old and four-year-old. Um, but, uh, you know, generally it's, it's through different organizations. I'm, I'm part of a organization called Mercy Street, uh, for the past, I think six years now. And it's basically a West Dallas organization, kind of Southwest Dallas, where it takes kids from, just lower income, you know, families. A lot of them don't have father figures, um, so it's similar to like big brothers, big sisters. But it's uh, you know through through a local church here, a partnership with a local church. Um, so I've had a, a mentee, you know, for quite some time, and I've get you know started in fourth grade. Now he's in high school, um, and I think just naturally as time has gone by. You know, they, they move further South Dallas. I moved further north and, you know, kids and stuff like that. I used to see them like every other week. Um, and now it's just a few times a year, but it's, uh, you know, good with technology and staying in touch. So get back through Mercy Street. And then there's a handful of different organizations, both nationally and locally, um, you know, that I give to as, as well. 
Awesome. From a charitable perspective. Yeah. Appreciate you giving back in that way. Uh, we all need uh, mentors, right? <laughs> Mentoring and yeah. especially young men and, and ladies, uh, no doubt about it, uh, but appreciate you, yeah. you'd spend in that time, right? It's an investment and, and uh, it, it could change uh, generations, right? Uh, you know, yeah. just helping that, that individual at such a young age. So thank you for that, Mark, and uh, grateful for your give back to us uh, through this series. Uh, you know, so I know we did, um, we'll do a couple shows here out of this and, and uh, just grateful for your time uh, and talking through, I know, uh, mostly Dallas-Fort Worth, but even just the market in general in 2023 to 2024, what to expect, what you expect and distress deals to uh, conversations with lenders and good time to buy and tips for sellers and buyers and passive investors. So we've covered a lot. Uh, Mark, thank you uh, again. And uh, how can the listeners get in touch with you and learn more about you? Yeah, best way is uh, either through LinkedIn uh, GREA.com. Feel free to visit the website to get in touch with any of the team members or look at the properties we have for sale. Uh, you can reach me via email, mark.allen at GREA.com. That's M-A-R-K dot A-L-L-E-N at GREA.com. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today.